Hello and welcome to Night in on Negotiation, the podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Knighton. My philosophy is that you cannot change the other person you negotiate with, but you can change how you negotiate with them to achieve better outcomes for you or your organization. This podcast series includes interviews, lectures, speeches, and webinars, and includes materials from all four of my books. For more information and free resources, please visit www.jnyden.com. Enjoy. Insight is really the value conversation. This is where I really find that there's an opportunity for those of you in sales to differentiate yourself and to become ruthlessly relevant, to become the rock star in your industry. Because if you can master being able to talk about value in some very specific ways that I know buyers want you to talk about value, you can stand out in the crowd. Now, yes, are there going to be buyers that are still going to be interested in nickel and and diming you? Absolutely. Are those purchasing organizations going to survive? No, they're not. I work with them. They hire me. I work on both sides of the fence. The ones that are going to survive are engaging me to talk about very complex topics, different kinds of pricing models, how to negotiate on total cost of ownership, total landed costs, should cost analysis. They want better data, they want better information, and they want to know how to quantify value. They're done shaking the tree because they're not getting what they want. So let's start talking to them about how to be ruthlessly relevant because ruthlessly relevant sales organizations tie price and value together in a very specific way that buyers want to hear about. And more importantly, if any of you sell into procurement organizations, where you're working with maybe a contract specialist or a procurement or a professional buyer and the business owner isn't even there who's got the authority to buy who ultimately will sign on the dotted line, this conversation brings them back to the table. Because what you're doing is you're empowering the buyer to go back to the line of business with new information, that's the insight, and you're bringing them back to the table. Because when you're just negotiating on price, any buyer can do that for you. So what is value? So in my book, Getting to We, my colleague David and I, came up with four different kinds of value that we think buyers really care about. And over the last couple of years, I've really determined they do actually care about it. So I'm going to go through each of the four kinds of value. And if you want more information on it, I've got my book available if you'd like to talk to me about it after the session. Now, there's two kinds of value. There's subjective value and there's objective value. Subjective value is what we like, how we feel about your product or your service, or how we feel about you as an individual salesperson or a sales organization. There's personal trust and there's organizational trust, right? So how do we feel about you and your company? But objective value is not very well understood. It's not quantified by the sales organization and it's not well explained. So if you can understand what the value is, if you can quantify that value, and then if you can explain that value, you bring the line of business back to the table and you're having a value conversation, not a nickeling and diming conversation with a buyer. Now, in buyer's defense, because I work with them, they don't want to nickel and dime you either, but they're even more unable to have the value conversation than you can even begin to imagine. And I say that with all honesty. 
They can't have this conversation with you. You have to have it with them. You take the initiative, you take the lead, you own it. That's how you become a rock star. Decreased costs. This is not price, folks. This is how are your customers making decisions in their industry that are increasing their costs, shifting costs. So for example, I've got a client who's gonna put a big contract out to bid. They chose a cheap alternative over here, and on this part of the P&L, overtime went up. It's a value proposition. If I can bring a service to this organization that can reduce the overtime over here, I'm decreasing their costs. Do you see where I'm going with this? Right? But we have to know what's going on in our industry and how we demonstrate that value. We can't just say we reduce costs. What are the internal costs associated with the choices we're seeing our customers make? And how do we reduce those? And more importantly, don't let your customers increase your costs to deliver. Has anyone seen that happen? Any trends in the industry? Suddenly there are these new um, corporate policies that add to your bottom line, they just add to your costs, right? How can we demonstrate that we can work in a way that where they don't have to increase our costs and we can pass that along to them? This isn't a price conversation. This is actually taking costs out of the system. Risks. This is my favorite as a lawyer because lawyers love talking about highly unlikely, highly improbable, <laughs> but extremely severe risks. What I like to talk about are the very likely, very highly probable, very mitigatable operational risks, right? Operational risks. I don't care whether you're in service or in your manufacturing, there are always operational risks. How does your service or your product deal with operational risks? Can you mitigate or eliminate a risk that your client is facing? My clients can. My clients can tell me how taking 2% in terms of time on delivery can reduce the risk for my client for having some perishable good delivered where it could be not accepted by the end customer. The risk is what's the service level credit to them? What's the cost of the shipment that's not done? What's that risk? How do I value it? And I talk about that. Not just on time delivery, yawn. Buyers hear that all the time. They want numbers and they want facts and they want you to know their industry. So what are the risks that your service or your product can eliminate? Increased opportunity. We're gonna take a look at this in a very different way. This isn't the opportunity to your company and this isn't the opportunity to your customer. This is the opportunity to the end customer. So think in terms of consumer products. If you're working with a company that then sells to the consumer, how does your product or how does your service improve their opportunities with their customer? And how do you quantify it? I had a client who was able to do that. In a marketing campaign, they ran an A-B study. The B study returned better results on the marketing campaign, which directly led to sales. But they tracked it, they measured it, they proved it. They increased the opportunities that their clients had with the services that they provided. And it was a premium service, folks. It was expensive. They weren't being nickeled and dimed. And then finally, benefits. Benefits are similar to opportunities. But this is where the service provider or supplier knows what the needs and expectations of the end buyer are. 
and you're coming with those insights to your customer and you're saying, my service will improve the end customer's experience or meet their needs that you're only now starting to become aware of. So the benefits to your product are going to improve the end user. And how can you quantify that? My clients often have. All right? So we've got to do the math. Now, I know I went to law school because there was no math. So I'm not sure if any of you got into sales because there was no math, but there's math. Unfortunately for me, there's math. So what my client did, and this is a high-level spreadsheet, my client was able to determine how they reduced the cost to their customer and how they reduced the cost associated with risks to their customer. They got their sales teams together. It took time. The vice president of sales took some time to do it, and they created a template at first. They didn't have the hard numbers from their clients. So with multiple sales people that were very knowledgeable in the industry, they created a high-level typical scenario, and they started to test it in the market. And guess what? Buyers at Fortune 500 pharmaceutical companies, they never talked to the line of business again, suddenly were interested. They didn't know that these risks existed or that these additional costs were in the system, but now they needed to go get somebody to help them understand it. And who was that? person with the budget who was buying, who could say yes to the deal. So do you see where we're going with this? It doesn't have to be perfect. It can be sort of a, a typical scenario. But what you're doing is you're educating the buyer to say, wait a minute, there is an actual number associated with what I'm doing, selling, producing. Get the line of business. Get that decision maker back to the table because I can guarantee you he or she will get what you're talking about. Even if the numbers aren't perfect, it's a selling conversation. Okay, well, tell me where it's different. Tell me how you're doing it differently. Tell me how I can help you, right? But you're engaging them, and you're not with that buyer who doesn't know and who's already made up her mind 57% of the time without even talking to you, right? So... I have three quick questions for you to think about how you're going to take this back to your organization and break the price negotiation habit. What is the realizable value to decreasing your customers' costs or risks? What is the realizable value? Not 2%, 5%, something that you can't demonstrate, but how can you demonstrate that? Now, what's the value of meeting your customers' customers' needs and expectations? What's that realizable value, and how can you demonstrate that and then finally, how are you going to track or measure these savings and benefits? You. Do not expect purchasing to do it. Do not have high faith in them. I love them. I work with them. They are not going to do it. They are not motivated to do it. The line of business has the information. No one's really asking them for it. So I think if you want to be ruthlessly relevant, you want to be a rock star in your industry, you want to negotiate on value, you engage them to give you the data you need so that you can prove and demonstrate the value of your product. Now you're negotiating on which value proposition they find the most intriguing, not on nickel and diming you on price. So if you want to learn more, please visit my website. I've got all kinds of resources available to you. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next time.